Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. We celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family in this week between Christmas and New Year's. On this day, we reflect on what can Jesus' family teach us? You know how they have a little time in the funeral mass? We call it words of remembrance. Somebody gets up from the family and they share some words about the deceased. Or at the wake service, you can actually go on longer because you can even have eulogies there. So when I was at this wake service, this woman died who was in her 90s. Grandmother, great-grandmother. And she was a remarkable woman. I never met her. I was hearing from the family about her. And then her grandchildren got up one by one. It was beautiful to watch. They were saying how much they loved their grandmother. And the things that she would do with each one of them. And they weren't all the same things. She would do some things like traditions with one of the grandchildren and do something else with one of the others. So they all kind of knew they were uniquely loved. And then they had this, you don't usually see this. One of their grandchildren is, um, he's kind of a whiz with computers and videos. He did an interview with his grandmother two or three years ago. And he asked his grandmother, what would you like us to remember when you're gone? We had four minutes of her answer. We were watching it in the wake. It was like she was talking right from the next life. And she had a beautiful smile on her face. You can see why they loved her so much. And she talked about things that really meant so much in her heart about her family, but the values that the family honors their family. You know what she said was number one? Was our faith. She says, remember that at the base of all of it, at the foundation, is your faith in God. And God will be there to rejoice with you in the great times and be at your side when you go through the tough times. I thought, what an incredible witness. So I spoke a little bit about legacy, especially when the last member of the generation before us passes on. I don't know if you've ever thought of this in your own families. When that last member goes on, this was the matriarch of the family. Well, guess what happens? The torch completely now gets passed to the next generation. And I always ask families, what are the values of your family that you think are most special? most important, be sure to pass those on to the children and the grandchildren. Because I think if people think about that, if you think about what's most important in your family, and you can say it in words, we're more intentional about passing it on. We don't take it for granted. We know we have a duty and a gift to keep what's best in our families going on. So what are the values in your family? That's what I would ask you to reflect on today.
How would you name them? I think in my family it was faith. You know, one thing my parents passed on to us, my brother and my sister, we always went to Mass, unless you were sick. We never missed Mass. And you know where they really underlined it? It was when we were on vacation. What we would do when we go to vacation, there was not a big deal about it. My parents would ask the person at the desk at the hotel, hey, where's the nearest Catholic church? Whatever we were doing, we would put Mass first. Then we'd organize everything else we were going to do about it. That taught us as kids, without saying anything. My parents were not like that. They lived their faith. They didn't talk about it a lot, but they lived it. We knew what was right and wrong. We knew we never heard our parents tell a lie. They were teaching us these lessons without big fanfare. And we caught them. My brother and sister go to Mass every Sunday. Goes on generation to generation. Now, when I think of the Holy Family, maybe you think of this too. I, I don't think about this the same way I did when I was younger. When I was younger, I thought the Holy Family, oh my gosh, Mary's immaculately conceived. No sin. Jesus is the Son of God. Joseph is a saint. How am I going to be able to relate to that family? I mean, we're not even close. I'm not even close to that. We're not even close to that. They seem too removed. To me, when I was a kid, they were statues. They were like statues in my mind. Not literally, but figuratively. Then, when I got older, went to seminary, started reflecting and praying, they began to come alive. Especially when you listen to the scriptures. Even though there's only a few mentions of Jesus' family in the Gospels. I don't know what the percentage is. It'd be interesting to find out, but it's got to be like less than like 4% or 3%. There's just a few incidents. But you can learn a lot from the, the implications of those incidents. They were like us in all things but sin. And it's true. Sin makes our families a lot messier. But they had a lot of struggles. Just because Jesus was going to be born in their family didn't mean that all the doors open. There's a big red carpet in their life. They just have to do things and everything just happens. In fact, it's the contrary. When Mary is visited by Gabriel, even though he tells her not to fear, even though she asks her question, and he says this incredible thing, really, it's impossible to believe, you, you don't have to have relations with a man. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and, the, and your son will be the son of the Most High. Even after that, the fact that she could say, let it be, her fiat in Latin, is amazing. Or Joseph. When he finds out that Mary's pregnant, they're not all the way married yet, they're betrothed, but that's like being married. You're already committed. So he wanted to divorce her quietly, remember that? Why? Because he didn't want her to be publicly shamed. And actually, the, the punishment was death. Yeah, he wanted to divorce her quietly. And then he has a dream. Now, who here in the church, if you got a dream, even as fantastic as that dream, 
would you just say afterwards, I believe. So what it tells us is Joseph and Mary had deep spiritual lives. They not only said prayers, they listened a lot all through their life. And when both of these occurrences happened, they knew from that long history of listening, that's God speaking. I recognize his voice. And they were able to do that. Another thing they teach us, and they go through these difficult times, they were both decisive. When there was something that happened that, that needed to have attention, they were decisive. Remember when Herod wanted to kill all the little ones because he wanted to kill Jesus and he didn't know who he was? But he was a baby. Joseph has a dream again. He knows it's God's voice. And that night, they go off to Egypt. When they needed to be, they were decisive. And here you hear they're just like you and me. You know, when Mary says, we've been searching for you with great anxiety, that's an understatement. How long does it take you as parents to get anxious when you, when you can't find your kid? Like a minute? Maybe two? I can't even imagine how they were beside themselves. And they knew they were entrusted with the redemption, the Son of God, and they lost him. Or when they were going to Bethlehem and they couldn't find any place to live there. Wouldn't it be natural for them to have a thought, even though they had great faith? Because faith doesn't mean you don't have doubts. Couldn't they have thought, isn't this supposed to be the Son of God? Why are we having such trouble finding a place to have his birth? Shouldn't it go differently than this? Have you ever asked that when you follow the Lord? I'm trying to be good. Why are these bad things, these obstacles coming up? They had the same thing. So those are just a few things. But you see, we can relate to them. They can relate to us. And we can learn from them. Now about family, it's complicated, isn't it? Sometimes we have great moments in family. We just love being with our family. Hopefully you had those kinds of days in the last few. But sometimes it's difficult. You ever heard people say, I love them to death. And they talk about their sister or their brother. I love them to death is always followed by the word but. I love them to death, but I can't stand them. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it's not always easy. And sometimes families have separations. People don't talk to each other, either on purpose or drift away. You know, the truth is, though, when we bury things about our family, that's what we're doing. I'm burying that problem. I don't want to deal with it. The problem is we walk on that ground all the time. And those things, that spiritual angst, that psychological angst, it doesn't stay buried. It comes up in other ways in our life. Can't, we can't bury it. It won't stay there. We can't run away from it. So that's where the Holy Family is so instructive. The way they prayed and listened. To pray for the grace. How can I stay in my family? At whatever level or whatever spot. At least to be praying for that person who's away. 
or doing something, like sending a card. Maybe I can break the ice. That's what we're called to do. It's really, if you think about it, family life is an art. It's an art. There's no rules that you just do the rules. It takes creativity. Just like artists, like they see something that they, they envision. They try to make that happen on the canvas. That's what happens in family life. It's the most important art in life. And every great master, painting, music, if they really were searching their soul, they'd say the same thing. The most important art is family life. I'd like to conclude with a prayer for families. And it may not fit all of our families, but I think it will for many. Our families need your presence, Heavenly Father, in our lives. Each of our family members are at a different place in life. Some are living at home, some are living far from us. Some are struggling with work and finances, while others have concerns for their health or personal relationships. We are reminded in the letter of Paul to the Philippians, one of your many promises. And Paul wrote this next part while he was in prison. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. We thank you, Father, for this incredible promise and ask that you remind us of it when we get weary. We ask you to meet each of our family members where they are and provide each of their individual needs. Thank you for the power and strength that is found in your love for us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.